It's an understandable way. I wanted to present this the way Andy Stanley has presented it to me, and it is a phenomenal series. In fact, this is something that you will uh, you will probably because there will be something that you hear each week over the course of this series that you will think this, man, I wish so-and-so could have heard that. Now, two comments about that. Number one is they can hear it because sometime this week, maybe even tomorrow, I will have this uploaded onto my SoundCloud account so you can get it from the app or, or whatever. But secondly, when we say, oh man, I wish so-and-so could have heard that, here's what I want to make a little course correction today because I want you to turn that phrase into man, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. We're going to be talking about some stuff. Some of this is going to maybe pick at some scabs a little bit, which is appropriate since this is the day after Halloween. That's kind of, uh, that's my gross element for today. But some of this is going to maybe challenge you, but I want you to know this is not something that we thought, okay, who's, who is here today? We're going to do this series because we're going to nail them. Oh, I'm so glad they're going to be here. No, that's not how we plan or do series. This just kind of comes up in the rotation on the week that kind of God puts on our heart. And so this, we know, because this has challenged me, I know, I just know that someone today is going to be challenged and encouraged as well. So we're going to do this. So I, I if you're like me at all, Sometimes I can be a little directionally challenged, not really horribly, but I just, I like to know where I'm going. And I, and you remember the day we used to use a map and when I was, from the time I was 16 years old, I was driving myself all over the state of Arkansas in my metallic turd brown 1973 Ford Maverick. It was a sweet piece of machine, let me tell you that. Four-door, yes, three on the tree, nice. It was just, it was just, and I had, I loaded it up with my stuff and, um, which, not drugs or anything, it was just... Like I was 16. I was loaded up with the way I made money, and I traveled the state of Arkansas at the age of 16. But I knew where I was going because I used a map. Say that with me, map. Our kids don't have any idea what those are today. I, I knew how to read a map, and I had myself now. So I wanted to know where I was going, and I paid attention. Now with my GPS, I don't pay attention. I just listen for the voice of that lady, as irritating as it can be, and as demanding as she can be, and I just do whatever she says. I mean, just, she says, go left, I go left, and I just hope I'm not going to, she's not going to drive me into a lake. So far, we're good, but I, but if I, for a moment, and this happens more frequently with GPS than when I had a map, if I, for a moment, feel like I'm not in the right place, and that I am just somewhat a little bit lost, I don't handle that very well. I, I get agitated very quickly and I, because I don't like to be lost. I like to know where I am and that where I am is taking me where I want to go. I, I, don't, I get edgy and it's, it can be frustrating for a passenger if they're with me and I kind of get a little bit lost or just turned around. Especially if it's like on an interstate and I miss an exit and it's tw I got to go 12 miles out of my way to get to the exit 12 miles back, 24, I mean, that's half an hour of my drive and it really irritates me. So I get a little edgy. I want to know that the path I'm on is taking me where I want to go and I want to know that ahead of time. 
I don't want to have to make decisions at the last minute. Now, that's obvious for us while we're driving. I mean, we all would say, yes, I understand that that path that you're on is taking you where you're going to go. That path is going to determine where I end up when I'm driving. We understand that when we're driving. We understand that when we're hiking. If you're on a hike, you understand you're looking for the trail markers because you know that's keeping you on the path that's going to take you to this specific place in the woods that you're trying to go. It's important. You understand that with hiking. You understand that with hunting. In your GPS, you have saved your sweet spots when you're hunting, right? And you are following that because you know that's going to take you where you want to go. For your fishing spots in the lake, same thing. You are, it's taking you. You know you're on the right path because you're following it. We understand that with hunting and fishing and with uh, driving, with hiking. We understand that. But for some reason, when it comes to our lives, our money, our relationships, our marriages, our health, when it comes to our lives, there's a total disconnect with this principle that we're going to be teaching for, the, for this week and the next three weeks. It's the principle of the path. And it basically says this, your path determines your place. The path that you are on determines the place that you're going to end up. Your destination, the path, your path, determines your place. And we know this. We know this when we're driving. It makes perfect sense. The path we're on, not our intention, not where I intended to go, but the actual path that I'm on. Not my wishes, not where I, not where I hope to go. No, not where I wish that I would go, not where my dreams are. No, none of that matters. It's the path not my wishes, not my hopes, not my intentions, not my dreams. If, we're, if I'm to plan a trip today from this parking lot and we were to go to Walmart and buy all the supplies and load up and fill the Prius, about a shoebox, we have about a shoebox to work with here, fill that with everything we needed for the trip and we were to head to New Orleans right? That would be a great place to go. We could get a cruise from there, all kinds of stuff. Head to New Orleans. If I were to fill up the Prius and Vanessa, I jump into the, to the, well, I guess by the time I get in, there's not room for the shoebox. But anyway, if I fill up the Prius, we get in and we go and I head up to Hazen and jump on interstate 40 and I head west towards Oklahoma, it doesn't matter what I intend. It doesn't matter what I hoped or what I wished for or what I dreamed of being in New Orleans. I'm not going to New Orleans west on Interstate 40, am I? No. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. You see, the path determines the place, not the intentions, not the hopes, not the dreams, not what I wished. And we know that with driving, but we have a hard time realizing that with our money. You, do you realize... You, right now in your life, you are on a specific money path. And it's taking you to a specific place. In your life at this moment, if you are married, you are on a marriage path. 
And it has an end result that is predictable and that we know where it's headed based upon the path that you have chosen for your marriage. You're on a specific marriage path. You and if you're not married and you're dating, you are on a very specific path. The, the path you have chosen for how you're going to date and who you're going to date, you're on a path. And there is a very specific destination, a very specific place that is taking you. This is true for your career. You are on a specific path. And guess what? As I stepped on the scale this weekend and realized, hey, listen, folks, I'm on a path with my health. And the path is mashing that scale real flat. <laughs> it's not a good path at the moment. You are on a path with your health health and it is taking you to a very specific place. You and I, we are on a path, a very specific path related to our family. And it's taking us to a very specific place. And here's the principle. We're going to nail this, nail this every week of this series in a different way. But your path, your path determines every time your path determines your place, not your intentions, not your hopes, not your dreams. And listen, listen to this, not even your prayers. I, I know this is shocking. Not even your beliefs. It's your path. Your path determines your place. You see, there is a huge dissatisfaction that many, many people have between, between where they want to be and where they actually end up. And they would say, I wanted to be over here. This was my plan. This was what I wanted. This was what I intended. This is what I hoped for. I prayed for. I wanted this. But I've ended up over here. And then we get upset with God. We say, but God, look, look what's happened. Here's where I wanted. This is what I planned. This is, this would have been better, but I, I've ended up here because somehow some reason, and we all do this, not just me. I know this. We all do this. We think that our intention, our good intentions will lead us to where we want to be. Somehow our good intentions will trump the path that we're actually on. But they don't. They never do. The principle of the path trumps our intentions every single time. That can be kind of depressing, can't it? So we're going to take a look this morning as some scripture, an Old Testament passage. It's a story about a very specific young man who is on a very specific path. But even though this may not be the path that you are dealing with right now, you may be dealing with a money path, or but this may not be this path, but the principle is illustrated and proven in this story. And so we're going to use this story of a specific path, and hopefully it's going to apply to whatever path you may be dealing with specifically. 
So let's look at this story. It's in Proverbs chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 6. I'm going to jump right into it. Here's what it says. This is, uh, this is Solomon speaking here. He's king, King Solomon, wisest man on earth. Here's what he had to say. Verse 6, while I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain. So I want you to get this context in your mind. Here's Solomon. He's looking through the window watching this scene happen, watching it take place. Now Solomon has a, a, a very specific perspective. Uh, he has a view that maybe this other guy, this kid, does not have. It's like if you're watching, you're standing on the corner and you're watching a wreck about to happen on 22nd Street over there near Walmart where they all happen. And you have a view, you're sitting in the Wendy's parking lot facing out and you see what's getting ready to happen. Someone's pulling out and someone's coming this way. You see it. They don't see it about to happen. You have a perspective they don't have. This is what's happening for Solomon. He has a perspective that this young man does not have, and he sees what is getting ready to happen. You do the same thing with your preschool child or grandchild. They're reaching up on top of the count, the stove, and you know that it's still hot. You see that hand going. The kid has no idea what's coming. You see it happening, right? You know what's getting ready to happen. It's like you want to run over and stop it, right? And in this scenario, Solomon is like wanting to run over and stop this, but he can't. He can't get there. He can't make this stop, what's getting ready to happen. We see that. So Solomon is giving us, King Solomon here, giving us a play-by-play of what is going on for this young man, and he illustrates it perfectly because it is the principle of the path. Your path determines your place, where you're going to end up, that place, your final destination. That path is going to determine that. Verse 7, he says, so he's looking through the window. He says, I saw, verse 7, I saw some naive young men and one in particular who lacked common sense. Now, if you're young, like me, what? That is so rude. <laughs> if you are young, do not be offended here. Because he is saying, Solomon is saying, you lack common sense. But guess what? Every single one of us in this room, when we were young, we all lacked common sense, didn't we? Because common sense comes from experience. And because you are young, if you are, you just don't have that experience that your parents or grandparents have or your aunts or your uncles. You just don't have the life experience. So yes, you are naive. Yes, you lack common sense. It's only an experience thing here. We've all been there. Teens, that's why your parents have more common sense than you have because they have more life experience. It's just a matter of this experience equals better judgment. It just happens through life. 
They've had time to experience more. So he says, one in particular who lacked common sense, verse 8, he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman. Uh Uh-oh. You already see where it's headed, don't you? Strolling down the path, lollygagging, a little whip, a little nay-nay. Right by her house. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just so happens. I mean, just verse 9. It was twilight in the evening. Oh, you know nothing good happens after dark. Well, I can't remember what. Oh, yeah, uh, when I was talking to Dee before she did her testimony a few weeks ago, she was like, my mom always told me that night air will kill you. Uh-huh. Twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. We already see where this story is going, don't we? We already realize. And so as this guy is walking, this kid is strolling by that house, and he knows who is there, and he understands. He knows what's going on, and he knows the potential, and he knows... He just knows, and he's strolling that way. And you know what? There's a soundtrack, a movie soundtrack. As he's walking down this road by her house, a movie soundtrack is playing in his mind, and it sounds something like this. There at that honky-tonk, but don't get known. Keeping perfect rhythm, make you want to swing along. Got it going on like honky Kong. It's play, it's just, he is just, he knows it's going to be a good Friday night. But Solomon, King Solomon sees this happening from his window. He's older, he's wiser, he's been down some of these paths. He knows where this path is leading. He has a soundtrack, same scenario, same situation, but he also has a soundtrack playing in his mind. He knows what's coming. The same scenario, two different people Two completely different perspectives, opposite ends. The kid, he's thinking about chicka wow wow. And the older, wiser Solomon is thinking, this is a train wreck for your life. Because he knows the principle of the path. This is not an event. This is not just an evening. This is a path with a very predictable place at the end. Verse 10. Sure enough, the woman approached him, seductively dressed and sly of heart. Now when you research the Hebrew, it says this. She was smoking hot. Verse 11. She was the brash, rebellious type 
never content to stay at home. Verse 12, she is often in the streets and the markets soliciting at every corner. But don't misunderstand that word soliciting. This is not a prostitute. This is not a prostitute. She is just a smoking hot housewife looking for a date. Verse 13, she threw her arms around him and kissed him. And with a brazen look, she said, verse 14, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. In other words, here's what that means. Listen, kid, I, I don't need your money. I'm not a prostitute. I don't need your money. I want you. Plus, I just got back from church. <laughs> I, I'm good with God. I mean, I emptied my sin bucket, and I'm ready to fill it up again with you. So it's, it's the sin bucket game with God. The sin bucket game goes like this. I fill it up during the week, and then I, I go to church, and I kind of confess it all and get it all emptied out on Sunday, and then I'm ready to go fill it up again. It's the sin bucket game. And it's a complete misunderstanding of how life works. We've all at times in our life played the sin bucket game as if God is a clueless parent. We can go just fill it up and empty it on Sunday. She's saying, my sin bucket is empty. Let's go fill it up. Verse 15. She says, you're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. And he's thinking, oh my, she's looking for me. I am special. Verse 16, my bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets from Egyptian linen. And he's like, wow, I I'm a rock star. She said, I've perfumed my bed with, with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. She said, come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses. Aren't you glad I told your kids to go next door? Uh, with caresses, I'm just... And he's like, I, I, I'm like a professional athlete. In verse 19, for my husband's not home, he's away on a long trip. In other words, we got all the time we need, free time. You don't even have to rush off. Verse 20, he's taken a wallet full of money with him, and he won't return until later this month. You don't have to hurry. You can just stay right here with me for a while. So she seduced him, verse 21, seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. The wise man is seeing this, and he's saying, son, 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 you are no rock star. Verse 22, he followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter. The kid says, no, 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 I, I am like a rock star. No, kid, no, you're... You're like a dumb ox going to the slaughter. How can their perspectives 
be so different. He goes on. He walks like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that will pierce his heart. And he's like, kids, like, old man, you need to stop it. You're sounding like, like my parents. This is horrible. And then he goes on, like, like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. And the kid's saying, dude, please stop. You are a buzz kill. He's saying, this is just a date. No, no, it's a path. A path. No, 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 no. This is just a one-night stand. This is just one event. No. This is a path. You're focused on the moment right now. What's happening in this moment? And the old man is saying, I'm focused on your future, where this path leads. And it's leading to a specific place, a predictable place. You're looking at right now. I'm looking at tomorrow. Same event for these two people, but two contrasting perspectives. And now in this moment in the scripture, Solomon looks away from that scene, what's happening, and he looks directly at you, and he says this in verse 24, so listen to me, my sons, pay attention to my words. Verse 25, don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path. And you're like, path? You're crazy. This is just a date. I mean, it's just a meal. It's just a conversation. It's just an email. It's just a phone call. It's just a text message. No, it's a path. Verse 26, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Solomon is saying, this kid, he's not so special. There have been many. Solomon is saying, I have seen it. I have watched this play out. And it may not have been her and him. I have seen this play out in lives of many people over and over and over again. This is not a date. This is a common predictable path. And young man, he, he, you, you are not part of something special. You are part of a crowd because I have seen it over and over and over again. And it's the same result. It leads to the same place every time. And he said, ruin. It's a path. The same path as many have taken, and it leads to a very specific place at which you will land. And you know this. Because as we started reading this story, even though it was written thousands and thousands of years ago, you could see, as we were reading this, where it was going, where it was headed. You could see this. You could see the path. And you could see where it was going to end. But it's so strange how we can see that in someone else's life. But for some reason, so often, we cannot see that in our own lives. Verse 27. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Solomon's saying, this is, 
this is not even just a path. This is a crowded road. This is a highway. This is an interstate. It says, but that, that, that's not my intention. I, I'm just taking a walk by her house. I'm just walking and texting and flirting. See, we can't afford to live with this way of thinking that says, as long as my intentions are good, it doesn't matter what path I'm on. As long as I have a good heart, as long as I'm intending the future to be good, and as long as I know that's where I want to end up, it doesn't matter what path I'm on. But the problem is, your path trumps your good intentions every single time. So maybe you say, well, you know, for my life, maybe if you're single, you say, I intend to marry someone who's a Christ follower, who who loves Jesus and pursues Jesus. I want to marry a Christ follower. But maybe the path you're on is to say that you'll go out with any cute or pretty person that's interested in you. That path is a different path. It's not going to lead you to the Christ follower. Do you understand? You may want a relationship with someone who loves Jesus, but if your path that you're on is to say yes to any date that's just cute or pretty, that's not the path that's going to take you there. You may say, I intend to have an amazing family life. A family who loves each other and they play together and they want to be together. But if the path you're on has you working all the time, that's not the path that's going to lead you to the family that you want. You may intend that and want that and hope for that and dream for that and even pray for that. But if you're on a path that's divergent, you're not going to get there. You see, our path, not our intentions, not our desires, not our hopes, not our prayers, not our dreams, our path determines our place. That is where the path will lead you every time. But we think that we'll be the exception. Guess what? Solomon says, you won't be. You won't be the exception. Because the path determines the place. It's a road. It's a highway. It's an interstate. If you get on I-40 and you go west, you will never get to New Orleans. Never. No matter what you intended, no matter what you hoped for, no matter what you dreamed, no matter what you pray, you won't get to New Orleans on Interstate 40 going west. You say, "I, I have an intention to grow old and enjoy my retirement. But if you're neglecting your health today, you're on a different path. You say, I have an intention to lose weight. And if you follow me to the buffet, (laughs) we're not going to get there. 
You say, I have an intention to know God more and to allow him to change my life. I have the intention to know him more. But if you get home and turn on the TV and you spend your night watching TV instead of spending time with him, you're on a different path. You're not going to get to know him more. If you have an intention to one day, if you're single, one day have a relationship with your spouse that is intimate and a great, aren't you glad your kids aren't here, a great sex life with your spouse, and you say, but the path I'm on is to to just date a lot and practice with everybody, you're on a different path. If you have a desire to be best friends with your spouse, but yet at home, time after time, you find your relationship with your kids is coming first. You're on a different path. You see, we can't trump our path with our small group, We can't trump our path by reading good books. We have a a, a table, a connections table, full of good books. But those books will not trump your path. We can't trump our path with a retreat, with a set of CDs. We can't trump our path with listening to K-Love. We can't trump our path even with prayer. Because the path that we're on leads to a specific place every single time. And our intentions, they don't take us there. You see, God set this principle in place. This is His principle. He put it in place. And so I I just want to encourage you, stop at this moment right now and think with me about the paths that you are on in your life. What is your financial, your money path that you're on right now? And where is it taking you? What is the path that you are on today? Not your intention or your hopes or your dreams. The path you are on really for your marriage. Where is it taking you? Because in your life, each area of your life has its own path, and you are on a path. You're not living your life event from event, decision from a decision, day for day. You're on a path that's headed to a specific place. And my question is, is it going to take you where you are? want is it going to take you there you see often we go on a path we choose a specific path because there is someone else that is on that path and we want to be with them and so we follow them and their path Because we have some kind of emotional attachment to that person. And so we follow that path. Sometimes it's just something. 
that we have an, atta- an emotional attachment with. Some kind of activity or something in our life. Not a person, but a thing. And we follow that thing. We have an, an attachment to it. We follow that thing. Our emotions get so focused on that thing that we follow it and we stay on that path. The wrong path leading us to a very specific place. So what path is going to get you where you want to end up? You say, well, I I really don't care right now where it's going because I want this thing or I want this person. It's something that's so emotionally attractive. Listen, Listen to this verse 25. Again, it says, don't let your hearts stray away toward her. Don't let your hearts stray away toward it, whatever it is. Don't let your hearts get hooked or so fixated on this moment that you are enamored with this path, with this event, with this wrong path. Don't you know that this path is leading you to a specific place and you may be there just because you have an emotional attachment to this thing or this person. It can happen with our money. It can happen inside of our marriage. It can happen on every single path we're in and we're involved in. We can get an emotional attachment to something that keeps us on the wrong path. But each path we're on is taking us to a very specific place. And is that path, if you'll look down the road, please, is that path taking you where you expect it to take you, where you want Often, it's not. Our emotions get so focused on the immediate that we stay on the wrong path. Will it get us where we're wanting to end up? And you say, I don't care, I don't care. Solomon is saying, don't let your hearts stray away. And maybe there have been people warning you Maybe you have some people in your life that have been saying, listen, you you need to be careful. You need to watch out what you're doing there. Are, are, Are you sure that's the wise thing to do? You need to be careful about spending too much time with her or about texting him or calling. You need to be careful. You need to be careful about what you're doing with your weekends. or that you, you need to watch out. And you realize that's also why God wants you even to de- begin to develop relationships with your church family because you've got people there who have a different perspective and they can say to you with love and kindness, you need to watch out because I, I see something coming down the road there. You need to be careful. But here's the thing. When you hear that, will, will you listen Or will you just simply break this principle? Because this principle, it will work for you. Or this principle will work against you. You might say, well, you know, I tried to be different. And I tried a different path, but God just didn't bless it. But listen to me. This is not an overnight thing. I mean, I don't know how long you have spent on this other path. This is not an overnight thing. When you start down a new path, there may be some time before you get 
to some of the places you're wanting to go when you change to the better path. This doesn't happen overnight. It's a path. So stay on this new path, this right path. Stay on it to the end. So here's how we're ending today. I just simply want to ask you, as we have talked this morning, I don't want you to say it out loud. I don't want you to raise your hand. I just, as we have talked, has there been something for you that was sensitive in your heart? When I mentioned it, your heart recoiled and you said, oh, yeah, that's kind of me. Because if that's the case, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not me. That's God's Spirit. I'm not an emotional guy. I don't get up here and try to work up your emotions. I just present you what the Word says. And if something is tender, that may be the Holy Spirit saying, hey, we need to pay attention to this. We need to give this some thought. We need to give this some focus. And so my question is, as we have talked this morning, what area of your life has your heart said, I might not be on the right path. I'm going to ask you this week, will you recognize that? If something this morning has been tender for you as we have pressed on it, will you recognize that? Have you been, answer this question this week, what has been tender And let's focus on that. And then answer this question this week. Have you been rationalizing the wrong path? Have you been emotionally attached to a person or to a thing that has kept you on the wrong path? And you have rationalized it and said, made reasons why this was okay. Will you ask yourself that question this week? And here's the last one. Has there been someone in your life who has been warning you about this path? So here are the questions for you this week. Please take these questions. Don't ignore them. Is there an area that you are tender right now as we have talked? And then within that area, have you been rationalizing that wrong path and saying, well, it's, but it's okay for me. I'm doing, I know I shouldn't, but have you been rationalizing it? And then lastly, has there been someone in your life who has been warning you, listen, I, I, I see something bad coming down the road. I, I, this is a path. Don't, maybe you need to rethink this. Maybe this is not, maybe you need to go another direction. Will you this week focus on those three things? Have conversations during your week with God about the path, that specific path. And about whether you've been rationalizing, staying on that path. And then thirdly, recognizing, has there been someone in your life trying to encourage you to leave that wrong path? Will you take these questions this week And seriously have some conversations with God. I want to close this in a prayer before we have a closing song. Let's pray. God, through Solomon, you have told us to please, please listen. 
to pay attention to these words of wisdom. God, you warned us. You said, don't let our hearts go stray toward her. Don't let ourselves wander down her path. God, you warned us. You said, this has been the ruin of many. Many have fallen victim to the wrong path. And God, we realize it is not our intentions that take us where we want to go. It's the path we choose. Will you help us this week to have conversations with you about the path where our hearts this morning have been sensitive? Will you help us to determine, have we been rationalizing the wrong path? And has there been someone in our life who has been trying to warn us? God, may you speak to our hearts this week about the principle of the path. We offer you this song, Our Father, because you alone are worthy of our worship and worthy of our praise. And our hearts, even those this morning, some of our hearts may be hurting because we may be realizing there are some paths that, that are not right and we are on them. God, may our hearts be able to shout out to you, be able to call out to you that you are our God and may we somehow follow you instead of following the paths that are not taking us where we need to be. We offer you this song. In the name of Jesus, we pray.